Unicycle News and Stuff, episode 13. Welcome back. This is the rebirth of Unicycle News and Stuff. We've had Eli Brill last week, and today our new guest is Kyle Alviani. For those who don't know, he's an American writer from Minnesota. One of the steesiest street writer there is. He's the man behind One More Try, One More Jams. You also know him from his legendary videos such as Unusual Suspect or his collab work Brainchild with Eli Brill. Kyle, welcome to the show. What's up, dude? Thanks for having me. Yeah, for sure, man. This is going to be old, but we're just watching the new uh, skirt sets for the skirt the game, right? Yeah. There's some dope stuff. Pretty crazy. Tim Desmet doing tree rev of Ivar Coast to 540. Yelly's combo is sick. So steezy. That's my that's my favorite. Yeah. Oh my god, the style on this is insane. Yeah. Never never really thought or have seen the steez jam to in flips, but look really good. I I definitely want to try that. That makes me want to want to go ride. Yeah. Once again, skirt reviving and giving motivation to everyone, I guess. Like, it's really fun to see the game going and just everyone posting clips. Yeah, we got a bit of a Uni Revival going on right now. Skirt and some podcasts. So I'm liking what you're doing, Emil. I love the first episode. Boop, boop, boop. So I was thinking of still going into the memories for a couple more episodes. I think it's a good it's a good way to start the episode because it's just, again, like good vibes. And then we can just start talking about whatever we want. So did you prepare a little memory for us to share with the audience, Cal? Well, listening to Eli's episode, you know, you guys talked quite a bit about NUCC 2013, which definitely brought up some good memories for me. Maybe a little more of an obscure memory that maybe some riders can relate to, I guess, has to do with 2013 being where I obtained a unicycle part that became very near and dear to me, but it has a funny ending. Uh, at NECC 2013, you know, Chris and Sam came all the way from New Zealand, which is super cool for one, you know, coming all the way to the North American unicycle competition. Always great seeing those guys and huge fans of them, you know, great riders and grew up watching Chris's videos, uh, at NECC. You got a part. I got a part. So Sam bent a Chris Holm post in the weirdest way that I've never seen any other post bend. Which was also 27.2 millimeters, right? Yep. Sometimes people bend these posts, but bent post is always going to be like 20, 22.2 or 25.4 millimeters. We see lots and lots of these posts bend, but 27.2? You really have to, uh, to land exactly on the handle or something. Yeah, but it was weird because it wasn't like the, it wasn't the head, like it wasn't the plate that bent or something, which, you know, that's usually how a seat post breaks is you break just one of the tabs off of the top. But on this, like the whole post bent substantially to the point where you wouldn't be able to slam it on a frame anymore. You had to have it sticking out a good six inches. But fortunately for me, I, I'm kind of on the taller side. So I ride with quite a bit of post sticking out of my frame. So, you know, she was just going to throw it away. And I remember being like, whoa, 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 whoa. Can I have that? That seat angle looks amazing no way so i mean you know a lot of riders just ride with the chris home post backward to begin with right because then you get the three degree slope down yeah yeah which is to me the the further the handles angled down you know the more snap you get 
Yeah, when you do flips, it just feels feels better for me. Yeah, for sure. So I think that I think it's a it's a shared sentiment for everybody that does flatline unicycling. You always want handle going down. I feel like you can pull up so much more on the handle and get such a better snap and just way more power in general. Yeah, the leverage is way better. Mm -hmm. So she bent it super far, and you know she took it off and replaced it and was going to throw it away. And I was like, you know, can I just have that? So she gave it to me, and I rode that thing for a whole year. It was bent. You would assume it's damaged, but it lasted a while. And yeah, that that seat post was the greatest seat post I've ever had in my life. <laughs> the greatest seat post you've ever had. <laughs> nice. Yeah, maybe maybe that's phrase a little weird, but dude, seriously, I missed that thing. The ending is pretty funny because fast forward to Unicon 2014, I'm warming up for my Flatland prelim. It's about no joke, five minutes before I'm supposed to have my prelim and just warming up, I snapped the post. Oh, no. I thought this was going to be a better story. I thought you were going to say like, oh, we, we were at Unicon in Montreal and Sam bent another post again and I had just broken mine. So I got another one exactly the same. <laughs> I thought it was going to be a little bit of a happier ending here. No, so even worse, Chris was announcing. So I asked, can I just borrow your seat post for my prelim run? Because I don't have time to go find another post. And he's like, yeah, go ahead. So I took his post off, put it on mine. But he was riding an impact post, which doesn't have any, you know, it's a perfectly symmetrical post. No, it doesn't have any, yeah. So I put it on. I'm literally finishing tightening the bolts as my name's getting called, like as I'm supposed to go have my prelim. So I, I don't think I even did a crank flip with it, you know, I, <laughs> no warm up. I didn't test it at all. And so the first trick that I had planned for my prelim run was a triple flip, <laughs> Oops. which requires a fair bit of snap. I, I got no snap and... I sacked. Oh, first, no. first go, first trick of my first prelim at the World Championships. Sad stuff. And just yeah, terrible. Uh, yeah, I was on. The, I was on the judging panel for that. Damn, flatland judging is insane. Like you see so many people do their runs and it's so close most of the time you'll have a general idea of like who should be the top five or something, mm -hmm. and then six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, it gets so close together but it's fun it's definitely fun the sickest experience i've ever had judging was judging the flat comp at the 2017 euc winter that competition was insane i remember mm -hmm. we were all we were getting pretty hyped during the final battles yeah i mean you get the be you have the best view right that's one of the thing i like about judging flatland competition is you just have the best view of the battle unobstructed <laughs> it's the best oh, yeah. you see all the tricks uh. yeah so we're up on the stage you know i can't remember who exactly was battling but cyril was trying to land a 1080 mm. his first 1080 yeah and the crowd was hyped the judges were hyped you know we were all already standing up out of our chairs you know cheering him on and <laughs> i'm pretty sure i I'm pretty sure some of us got up on top of the table, even, of the judging table. Oh, I, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I remember a uh, throwback to Montreal again for uh, the flatland competition when Max Schultz tried his front flip. Yeah. First time anybody tried front flip on flat, right? Yeah. I remember there's the video. You can even see, I think it's Alex Murr just throws all of his judging papers up in the air which not very professional, but <laughs> whatever, like it's past, right? So we, we can just laugh about it now, but it's just funny, just like throwing everything in the air because it was so insane, right? That's, so yeah. insane. 
I love that stuff. But we also talked about um, Winter UC 2017. I was just wearing that t-shirt today and I was thinking like, oh, this is one of my favorite unicycling t-shirt ever. It's uh, it's the year that was designed by Pablo Cades from Spain. It's the big mm -hmm. monster with the tiny unicycle. Yeah. And Kyle actually yeah. helped out for, with the design. He was the one that, that did all the lettering. Pablo actually had sent... Uh, He hand drew this Crazy. and then sent me a scan of the drawing, which was kind of a pain in the ass to like convert to something that was uh, printable because I had to clean it up in Photoshop quite a bunch. And then you did the lettering. Mm -hmm. So that was nice work. And then you actually did the logo for the year after that with the bridge for the 2018 edition. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. Well, well, shout out to Emil, you know, basically event organizer, How many years running at EUC? 2015 to 2019, I think. Well, the whole community thanks you for your uh, your hard work. I know it's... Uh, You're very welcome. Got to be pretty stressful, but... <laughs> oh, yeah. It's intense. It's, it's like three days of not eating. Because <laughs> you just forget because you're too but, busy. I mean, sick as comps. Um, but yeah, I just want to stick to that logo stuff. Because some people might not know, but Cal, you also actually designed Renown Series logo. That's right. And Renown Series Hype logo. And you've been helping me out actually with like logos all the time. And every time I do a logo, Cal is my, you're my person I go to. And I'm like, yo, what do you think of this? It is, is, how bad is this? Can you like, and then huh. Cal's just always the harshest. That's how I am towards Cal's work when he sends me something. And we always like kind of hate each other in these moments. But it's exactly what you want to hear, right? It's the best, most constructive criticism. And I think it helps both of us move forward and have something better. Well, I, I dig your little uh, unicycle podcast logo. That's I dig that idea. Oh, my, I did this in like 15 minutes. It's so bad. I don't even <laughs> care. I like it. It fits. Thanks, bro. Yeah, so speak still still on the logo, logo, Renown Series logo, Renown Series, Renown Series uh, episode 8, Savage, which I think you also helped out with the logo on that and Edmund Loduck as well. Um, yeah, bro, that was insane. That was the first like uh, double handrail. Can I, how, what do you call that? Handrail transfer. Yeah, handrail transfer, right? That was sick. Eli talked about in the last episode that you had already seen some spot like how did you already know about spots in amsterdam even though you'd never been there before yeah so that's a funny one yeah when eli and i well so you actually helped both eli and i plan our trips oh yeah i forgot you know, about this to get us to <laughs> to to euc that year <laughs> we had a three-way skype call going to to book our flights so again shout out to emil for that always helping out but uh Yeah, so Eli and I knew we were going to be taking a trip to Europe. We'd be at EUC for you know, four days or whatever, but we wanted to just make the trip a little longer, make it worth our time heading over there. So then we were trying to come up with another place to see and stop in on our way. So I had been watching some BMX videos recently, and there, were, there was this handrail that I saw that I discovered was in Amsterdam. I had kind of done that, you know, those jumps during grinds for a while I, i had that technique down pretty good and so i had the idea that if i ever found a setup that was right for it that i could probably jump from one rail to another and so in one of these bmx videos that i saw there was this perfect looking setup for that 
exact trick where there were two good length, mellow rails, but that weren't too far from each other. Like the gap between them wasn't anything crazy. So I can't remember how long it took to decipher where those rails were just using, you know, context clues from the background in the video still checking what, you know, what did the buildings around it look like? And, oh, I see that there's a road nearby and there's a sidewalk and these color bricks and the houses are, you know, this color. And I knew it was in Amsterdam somewhere. And eventually I found the spot. So yeah, we basically planned to go to Amsterdam completely for that, that rail to rail. And it actually wasn't as good of a spot as I expected. I, I didn't realize that the, the run up for the rail, one, it wasn't very long because you're just cutting sideways across the sidewalk already. You know, the sidewalk's not very long, but then the first step goes down before the rail even starts. Oh my God, no so, way. Oh, that sucks. Like, I hate when there's such a good rail or like a good stair set and you're like, this is going to be the perfect spot. And then you just see there's a big bump in the run up just before you have to jump or like a huge crack. And it's like, no, why do you have to be this way? Like, this is the perfect spot. <laughs> it's ruined by like pavement, shitty pavement or something like that. It, uh, it wasn't as easy as I had hoped, but we got the clip. It worked out. So that was a, a successful mission, successful Amsterdam trip. Riding and sightseeing. I feel yeah, like I... that's what unicyclists do. It's like you visit a place, but you visit because you're unicycling everywhere. That's how I personally discovered Montreal with Hugo, by the way. Yeah. Dude, another a spot like that was in Fall to Fly in Chris Kovac's video. Fall to Fly, there's the red rail, like a flat bar red rail after a stair set. When I visited Aiden, I was like, dude, you have to show me that spot. Like, I want to see that spot. You know, I want to try a trick there. And that spot is crazy, dude. There's a huge bump. Like, the top stair is a few inches above the, the sidewalk. So you have to jump before the top stair. So you have to jump early. And then the gap, just the jump to the to the flat rail is like insanely far and then the gap between the flat rail and the one perpendicular to it is also super far i went to it thinking oh like i really want to try that but seeing it i was like dude there's no way i could even do half of it you know no way i could even jump to the grind i feel when you see this spot in real life it's always better It's always like, it's so, that's something I love about traveling. You're like, oh my God, this is the spot where this person did this. Yeah. That's the best spot tourism. My favorite type. Yeah. My first time I went to Australia, I was in Melbourne and everybody who's around in back in like 07, 08 knows about Luke Calalto. Wow. Such a clean writer. Back in the days, like correction hops were, you know, pretty standard. Mm -hmm. and he was not doing correction hops yeah. <laughs> he was one of the few <laughs> and I, he was running at the melbourne museum a lot and i walked in front of this and I, i just pulled out my phone i was like no way like i was like guys like look at this iconic spot and actually my phone bricked uh, while i was recording this <laughs> and i actually also lost all my photos and videos from unicon in spain and it was very sad but at least i got to see one of luke calalto's spots i guess <laughs> famous unicycle locations like Eli Brill's driveway. Eli, yeah. That reminds me after Unicon in Montreal, I had people over to my house for about two weeks and I made them come through the alley and people were like, Oh, 
that's where you write. That's where all your videos are filmed. Like, yes, yes. It's like, it's so exciting to be able to show other people your spots as well. Like that, that was one of the best <laughs> thing about Montreal for me. Yeah, just an, an alley or a driveway. Yeah, it's so exciting. And it's like, it means nothing to the rest of the world. I remember as well, uh, I was in Hungary and I did a road trip with Matteo, Aiden and Torda all the way from Budapest to Austria to go meet the Perhams. And I think only Matteo had been to the Perhams before and he drove us all the way. So thanks, Matteo. Didn't have my driver's license back then. We get there. The Perhams are not there because we arrived a little bit early. We call them. We message them. Nowhere to be seen. We go to Raf's work. Rafi's not there because it was a holiday. And so we just go around like they live. It's a small town, right? Mm -hmm. So we just go around and we're like, oh, that's that's the supermarket where they ride all the time. And we're like, oh, that's the supermarket. Oh, that's the fire station. Like that's all the iconic spots we've seen in all of uh, the Perhams videos with like everybody. It's just so exciting to see like spots like this that just it's just a supermarket parking lot. You know, there's nothing special about it. What do you think the next big thing is going to be for street unicycling? That's a tough question. I think riders are going to start lowering their seats again. <laughs> Trials tires are going to come back. Nice. Cranks are going to start getting longer. And it's going to look like uh, 2010 all over again. Long cranks for street? I mean, I don't care about the 19-inch Trials tire. Like, I love, I love the style on a 19-inch way more than on a 20 inch to be honest like it doesn't get any better than 19 not taking anything away from spencer mimo or eli Boboos or anybody that's ridden 20 inches this tease is so much better on the 19 it's compared the to a 20 inch in a cycle agreed everything looks so much better i remember back in the days when 20 inch first came out if I'm not mistaken, that was uh, Chris on that came out with a 47 millimeter wide rim that was 20 inch. And that was a prototype that he had made with uh, Spencer, since Spencer was riding a lot of flatline unicycling and rolls were like starting to get big. A couple of people started riding 20 inch unicycles and some people started landing 720s and 900 or bigger tricks on 20 inch unicycles. And they were much lighter than 19 inch back then because the tie we didn't have really light trials tires back then mm -hmm. and some people started saying hey this is cheating it's not a real like 720 or this is not really like a real quad flip or something like that just because the unicycle was lighter <laughs> <laughs> yeah i feel like there's a, a lot of stuff like that that used to happen back in the days that today if we look back we're like why did people even think this like this is ridiculous back in the days Doing flips on flat ground, that was a street. Flatland did not really exist. And then flatland was then just rolls. You can see that in, yeah, you can see that in Xavier Colo's No Flip and Flat, right? Because mm -hmm. flatland was not about flips. And then Sean Johannesson, if he released a flip vid number one, number two, those were, even if it was only on flat or down a curb, that was not flatland, that was street. <laughs> and then there was this evolution of, yeah, street is going to be, you know, downstairs and using obstacles. I mean, and now you're seeing a lot of classic flatland moves, you know, transition into street. You know, coasting has become increasingly popular and street riding. And so just a mix of the, of the two disciplines, you know, I think that's just a natural evolution for them. 
Definitely. So have you been working on any special projects? Have you been filming for a new video or something, Kyle? Uh, I have not, no. Back during March, I was writing a lot, you know, when the lockdown first happened and we had some games of Out the Game going on Facebook. You know, I played both in the you know, the expert flatland and then also in the game of grind. And so during those, I was writing a lot, probably more than I have in years. But uh, recently, haven't been getting out on the Yoon too much. What about you? What's a unicycle? <laughs> that is my answer to this question. <laughs> I have literally not touched my unicycle in about a year now or even a year. Like I didn't seriously ride for about a year or more, which is pretty sad. But I mm -hmm. did complete the yoon all june challenge that's right you were the first one. i had a bingo <laughs> i've never received any of my prizes by the way didn't get the stickers i sent you my address ne never got the stickers uh they shipped out well never got them <laughs> all right send me a send me a dm after the show and i'll <laughs> i'll get those out to you <laughs> it's all right it's all right just stickers but actually you know i did get on my unicycle even though i was just fooling around i did go on my unicycle and that was fun i don't feel the need to unicycle right now especially in the winter it's not too motivating i guess unicycling for me is more of a social it's more of a social activity for me now yeah but that's why skirts great i mean i even did the first game just just because i wanted to wanted to be involved and so you know it's winter so i had to ride in my living room but but it's fun to participate yeah riding in the living room throw back to like when we were all teenagers and couldn't ride outside in the winter and you just <laughs> start doing tricks in your living room well, anyway, uh, Cal, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show. Shout out Emil. Shout out Unicycle News and Stuff. The Revival. The Revival. Unicycle News and Stuff. The Revival. All right. Thanks for listening. Um, these podcasts are going to be going out once a week until I get tired of it. So expect some stuff for at least two months. Peace out, everybody. Peace.